0: Hello and welcome to the Exvangelical Therapist podcast. My name is Abigail and you can find me at the Exvangelical Therapist on Instagram and TikTok. I post podcast episodes every Sunday where I talk about the intersections of evangelicalism, mental health, and social justice. The podcast is geared towards helping those deconstruct after leaving evangelicalism or those considering leaving the evangelical church. This is a wellness resource and is not meant to be a replacement for therapy. In the month of September, I took time to rest. And I just want to share some things that I've been doing to rest in between season one and two of this podcast. So I really enjoy hiking and whenever I am hiking, I just feel so much more connected with myself. I feel more centered and I always feel enlightened at the end of a hike it's just this really powerful process of reflection so that's one thing that I've been doing and then I took a little trip up to Montreal absolutely love that city I mean they have amazing baked goods there like it absolutely blows my mind I love it it's just so flaky so fluffy incredible and great coffee as well. And I actually got my first tattoo and I am very excited about this. So I actually got a tattoo of a coal miner on my arm and this was to represent my grandfather. I called him Papa. Um, as a tribute to him he had tattoos all over his arms and he was just a person who lived outside of the status quo and was really the person that inspired me to get tattoos but I didn't want to rush into the process and uh, for generations my family were coal miners and it was my papa who decided to break that Cycle and move our family up north, and I just feel really thankful for that act of bravery that he did because it was definitely not an easy thing to do. Uh, he had to leave a lot behind. He had to sacrifice a lot to make that happen. But in doing that, it gave um, me life. Really, um, if he wouldn't have done that, I probably would not be here today and feel just, yeah, just very thankful for him every day. So whenever I look at my arm, I just feel this immense amount of gratitude. So I grew up as Fundamental Baptist, also in the Southern Baptist tradition as well. So my family kind of bounced back and forth between those two and in Baptist culture, tattoos were very much a taboo. So it was seen as um, being demonic. <laughs> and um, But it was just something that I always wanted to do. And I grew up in this neighborhood where tattoos were a very big part of the culture. It's how you connected with people and it was just a celebration of who you were as a person and a lot of it was also shadow work as well and not hiding your shadow and rather having your shadow on your sleeve if you will Um, and I think in branching outside of evangelicalism leaving the church A lot of this is shadow work and also in looking at this too, if you grew up in evangelicalism as a child, it's a lot of inner child work too. And asking yourself, like, what did you need as a child and how can I give that to myself as an adult today? So one of those things for me that I wanted to give myself was rest after leaving the evangelical church, that was something that I was so excited to give to myself because my parents started taking me to church. I mean, soon after I was born and I had to go to church every Sunday. I mean, it did not matter if there was a blizzard. The only time I could not go to church is if I was running a fever, And that was the only time. Very little allowance of... Not being able to go to church. And the reason for this was there's this phrase that was used quite often in the Baptist tradition saying, Idle time makes devil's work or devil's play. And the interpretation of this is if you had any amount of downtime, that could lead to temptation. And if you gave in to temptation, if you did the things that you were tempted to do, maybe you would no longer be part of the faith, and then this would threaten the faith. And I thought that this was a very ironic teaching to be continuing to push out there as part of that Baptist agenda, because we were also told that Sunday was a day of rest. So here we're told, rest, but don't rest. So it was very much this cognitive dissonance. And Also, it was very confusing to understand what actually was rest, because I was told that Sundays were a day of rest. However, those tended to be the busiest days of the week. My family was the kind of family who would get to church very early, and my parents weren't paid to go to church early. They weren't even paid to do the ministry that they did. They were just very dedicated to volunteering. And I started volunteering at a very early age. I think I was in sixth grade whenever I started volunteering in the church. And sometimes the commute for attending a service would be two hours in a Sunday. And then we would be there at the church for multiple hours. And then have to go back and forth for Sunday morning of attending multiple services and Sunday school and then going back in the evening. So it was a very, very busy day. There was just basically one day off in the week. And then that day off, um, what was expected of me and my sibling was to clean the house. So then that wasn't a day off. So it seemed like Rest was something that was very complicated. I didn't really understand what rest meant. I thought maybe that might be taking a 20 to 30 minute nap and that was it. Or I thought that rest was volunteering. I thought that it was working without pay or working without pay being a child is teaching burnout to children very easily and keeping these children in this system that really molds and shapes the children into this because it's it's exhausting the children who are doing the ministry that's what my experience was and I saw this from other children who were doing this kind of work and I think a lot of times children who decided to do this work without pay in the church, because I'm not going to call it ministry. I'm going to call it work without pay. I think that children decided to do work without pay in the church because they wanted love. They wanted validation, affirmation. And in growing up in a fundamentalist system, love was conditional. It was conditional based on if you followed the belief system or not. And again, it followed along with this dissonance of saying, oh, yes, you know, we believe in unconditional love, but it wasn't necessarily shown. And same thing with rest. And so there are all these underpinnings with each other that are just very connected. So whenever I left the evangelical church, and just one of those most exciting things I had was. Yes, you know, I can finally rest on a Sunday. This is the best thing ever. I was very surprised of how much guilt I felt of resting and how I wasn't even really sure how to rest. And um, I would say to my friends, oh, yeah, you know, I'm just going to be taking this day off to rest. And I had some friends who were not raised in the evangelical or fundamentalist traditions. And they were like, you are not resting. (laughs) And they called me out. And I needed to be called out. And didn't realize how much that I was conditioned to be a workaholic because of growing up in fundamentalism. And what I really learned as part of the process of really starting to rest for the first time was that I started forcing myself to rest. I would say, Hey, you know, this is going to be my day of rest for the week. And I am going to continue doing it," because I get asked as a therapist quite often, you know, how, how do I relieve the guilt and the shame of doing this? And A lot of times it is just you have to continue doing this behavior, doing the behavior again and again and again that's a positive behavior and to be pairing that with self-talk and adjusting your self-talk and telling yourself, I give myself permission to do this. I set the goals and the intentions for my life. I'm in control of the values that I have. I also give myself permission to be able to do this positive behavior without guilt, without shame, and to be reminding yourself of these different things while you're doing this positive behavior. And through this repetition process, It starts retraining your brain because what happens in growing up in the fundamentalist tradition, that's how they train children who become adults to follow these belief systems, to reenact these belief systems. It's through a process of repetition because that's how our minds and our bodies work. That's how the working memory goes, so for us to work with the way that our brain and our body functions and we need to take note of that and use repetition in a way that is going to give us peace that's going to give us health and wellness because here's the reality if we do not give ourselves rest we're going to experience burnout if we don't give ourselves rest We are going to experience illness, whether that be temporary, whether that be chronic. The science backs things up. Just Bessel van der Kolk's work, for instance, Dr. Gabor Mate. Look up these these doctors. They have a lot of research to be backing this up because it's essential. It is so essential for our bodies to be getting rest. And so... And part of this, of, of leaving the fundamentalist or the evangelical traditions, this might mean redefining what rest means for you. So rest could look like different forms of play. So maybe a form of play. So for me, you know, I love going hiking. Um, I love doing things outside. Sometimes I love going on a swing and just going as high as I can Maybe for you, it might be playing dress-ups. Yes, adults can do that. <laughs> maybe it might mean playing some board games or some card games. Or maybe it's going to a museum or going and seeing a movie. Um, maybe it's making a really fun breakfast. Um, so there's a lot of different things that you can do in terms of play and just be asking yourself, what are those things that you want to do? And if you have a negative voice that comes back and tells you you're too old to do that, tell that voice to be quiet and go do it anyway. I think that that can be one of the deepest, most meaningful experiences that you can gift yourself after leaving a high control religion. So play is something that's very important. I think another thing is protecting your boundaries. So if someone is telling you, hey, actually, I need you to be working on this, trying to ask you to not engage in rest, you can tell that person, thank you for reaching out. I'd love to help you. I can't do that today, but I can do this on this day instead. If it's something that you'd like to do for that person, giving that person an alternative and setting that boundary for yourself so that then you can be able to protect your peace and really have that autonomy. This is a process of relearning that you do have the power to make your own decisions. People don't have to be making your decisions for you anymore. And that's a really cool and empowering thing. So here's two questions that I want you to ask yourself. What is one way that I am going to engage in play this week? And number two, what is one way that I am going to protect my peace this week? I hope this episode brought you more clarity and insight into the effects of evangelicalism. If you found the episode to be helpful, please share it with a friend and please leave me a review wherever you listen to this podcast, if you enjoyed it, so more people can discover the podcast too. Thank you so much for listening. And until next episode, I'll talk to you later.